But let's welcome Justin Langer. Way my first memory of Boxing Day as a kid was watching Justin Langer belt the palms all around the MCG and make 250. One of the great innings on Boxing Day. He joins us now, maybe to share his Boxing Day reflections as a player and look forward to the 2022 Boxing Day Test, Australia-South Africa. JL, good morning. Very kind, although it makes me sound very old as well. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you, JL. It was, uh, it was a wonderful innings. Um, that, that must be an innings that lives with you and Ashes, double hundred at the MCG. Oh, of course. I mean, to score runs, I wonder have the privilege of playing a Boxing Day Test. It's still my favourite day of the calendar year. And then to be able to score some runs against England was, was brilliant. But I learned a great lesson that day. The second, on day, at the end of day two, we had to bowl just before stumps. And every time Brett Lee bowled a ball, the Barmy Army started calling him for no ball. For They said he was chucking. So I sort of swanned into the press conference and I was Viv Richards. I just scored 250. I thought I was pretty cool. And they asked me about it. I said, oh, you know, the Barmy Army, most of them are 40 or 50 kilo overweight idiots. They know anything about cricket. You know, I thought I'd just been a bit cool. Well, oh, no. every time I played England, they were singing. So the Seven Dwarfs song come out. They had this 40 kilo, 30 kilo, 30 underweight. Langer, you're an idiot or something like that. So it was a good lesson learned, that's for certain. So where do we find you today? Because you should have been at the Gabba. Uh, are you coming back home and then go to Melbourne, or how's it work? Yeah, actually, I've got a few more days at home, Danny. It's the same as the mm. first test. Uh, sorry, the last test finished a bit early against West Indies, so I came home for a couple of bonus days in Perth, and now I, I got the very early flight out yesterday. Well, I actually arrived back in Perth yesterday, so it's nice to be home for the first time in as long as I can remember. Uh, for the Christmas build-up, so yeah, I'm, I'm back in Perth and I fly out on Christmas night for uh, the Boxing Day test. Um, is it good for cricket that it was two days? Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Terrible for cricket. Yeah. It was a bit. It's a, it's a disaster actually. And I remember saying before, as before I came on, you know, opening the batting. But on the first morning, the first morning, I was with. Ricky Ponting and Matthew Hayden, and we walked into the uh, commentary box with a cup of coffee, looking forward to this highly anticipated series, and we all looked at it and said, what is that? Where's the wicket? And we've been going there for 30 years between us, and never, ever, ever seen a wicket that green. And it's really unfortunate, because the Gabba rarely gets it wrong, and they just got it wrong this time, and you know they'll learn from it. But yeah, it's, it's not good for cricket. It's not good for the uh, the spectators. It's not good for the people at the ground, the people watching on TV. There's, it's not great for the broadcasters. It's not great for Cricket Australia or Queensland cricket. So yeah, it's a real pity it, uh, it only went for two days. Just a word on Travis Head. I mean, to make that knock, 92 in those conditions was worth 200, really, uh, and the lead that it gave Australia on the first innings, probably the difference in the game. Just a word on Travis Head and the way that he's playing at the moment. Oh, it's extraordinary. And it's I, this, when he came back into the team, because he's always been you know, a very aggressive batsman and he'd take risks and uh, you know, there was times where he's probably average reflected that. And he got out a few times early in his career you know, when he cut a few and he got caught at third man and you know he was really dirty on himself and but when he came back in the team we recognised that he was that sort of player who could make a difference and could be a game changer so talk to him about that and now it is incredible with confidence. It's one thing to talk about it right so anyone can talk about yeah be aggressive 
But not only is he talking about it, he's actually doing it. And it's extraordinary batting. So when he got that 100 in the second innings at Adelaide, I said, I've never, ever seen him bat better. Well, one week on, that innings on that wicket was was unbelievable to watch live. I'm not sure it's like on TV, but on live, it was unbelievable to bat. He's just so confident at the moment. It's a bit like having Adam Gilchrist in your team. It's just... It's, very important for the team, and it's incredibly entertaining cricket. All right, we talk about his confidence. Where's Cameron Green? Is he caught in uh, a rock and a hard place to be aggressive or defensive, or he, to, with his role? He just seems a little confused at the moment. Oh, he's just for me, Gunny. He's just learning his game, and it's so hard coming into Test cricket. You know, he's been a run machine at Sheffield Shield cricket level, as we know. He's a tremendous talent. And I think he's just learning the game, and it's hard to come in. You know, there's different pressures now. He's, you know, there'll be a lot of talk. A lot of people talk about his technique and how he should play and how he shouldn't play. I'm really confident he'll work that out because, like a young Phil Hughes or like a young Steve Smith, he didn't just get picked on talent. He actually got picked because he'd scored so many runs. So he knows how to do it. And it was a real shame in that second innings because, geez, he looked good. Like those drives down the ground. Uh, he looked like he was moving well, and I don't think it's far off. You're, you're playing, a, hopefully, a much better wicket in Melbourne, I'd say a flatter wicket in Sydney. Um, but he's so important to that team. I mean, the overs he bowls are, are crucial, but the way he's fielding gully, and he's the best young talent. And Australian cricket's done that for a long time. They they don't just pick out. They pick the best young talent in senior teams. He's in that role at the moment, and he'll come good. There's no doubt about that. Well, can... The Australian selectors or whoever it is just take a little bit of uh, you know thing for this because of his lead up into the Test match was it would have been better for him to be having a Test match oh, sorry a Shield game um, you know if it, just such a young bloke because he's not at that stage at the moment that he can probably play all these games and you know adjust as quick. Yeah, I agree, and it seemed a really strange. I mean, it's okay to look to the future, but. Leading into the World Cup, it seemed strange, didn't it? He, yeah. he wasn't going to play, or yeah. it was unlikely he was going to play. So, uh, But look, to be fair to those guys, it's very, very hard to try and get the balance right. You know, Having been in those shoes for four years, you know, you, you're you always looking at the, what's best for the player and what's best for the team and what's best for the future. So, yeah, he could have. But you could say that as well about the bowlers. I mean, Josh Hazelwood, again, has got injured. You know, he's got this side strain again, didn't have money, T20 bowling uh, leading up to it with workloads. We know how important they are for any bowler. So you could say it for all about it. But more of the issue for me, Dunny, is that the amount of cricket that's being played. You know, the chopping and changing from T20, then they had that random one-day series yeah. against England, and then they go straight into test cricket, and it's, it's really hard. The difference last time... Or last summer we had the World Cup, but then we—if you remember—we had that two weeks quarantine period in the in the Gold Coast, and what that enabled the guys to do was play a lot of red ball cricket out in centre wicket practice. So they got lots of bowling, the batters got lots of batting, not in a game situation, but they still got it, and they couldn't have got that leading into this series. It would have been impossible. Justin Lang is with us, a great of Australian cricket, part of the Channel 7 commentary team as we prepare for the Boxing Day Test Australia-South Africa at the MCG. Uh, Justin, what about Cameron Green as a gully fielder? You've, you've played alongside some great gully fielders, Jeff Marsh, Matthew Hayden, Mike Hussey. Could he be the greatest of them all with his wingspan there in the gully? 
Oh, he's doing well, isn't he? And that's why I go back to the importance. And never underestimate. He hasn't got the runs this summer so far. They should come. But that feeling, that, I've always been a disciple of the importance, I suppose since Bobby Simpson, when I first came into Test Cricket, of the importance of fielding to the makeup of the team. And it's just, he's been sublime. It's it's brilliant to watch. And, you know, he's got those overs that he bowls. You know, never underestimate those. But his fielding is extraordinary. Um, he's a great athlete. He, he throws well. He moves well. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a huge asset to the team. What about the South Africans? We know the bowling, you know, look, that looks fantastic. What have you taken out of the batting that you've seen in, in very, very difficult conditions to make an, an assessment, I suppose? Yeah, the, 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 the worry for the series, a bit like, the, oh, I mean, the West Indies felt to me a bit like a heavyweight champion taking on a you know gutsy amateur. That's what it felt like, and it wasn't long before Australia found their weaknesses and exposed them. Leading into this series, we knew that South Africa would have a great bowling attack, and they do, although I was really disappointed with the way they came out on day two morning. I think Rabada handed some, you know, it just took him a while to... They got Smith late, and they got uh, bowling, so they, they're getting a bit of a run on. They just they, they seem really flat to me the first 45 minutes of that day two, which probably set up the game a bit. Um, but they have got a fantastic bowling attack. But leading into the series, Dunny, the, the worry was they're going to be their batting and their techniques. On a tough wicket, got really exposed. And while they've got good first-class experience, they haven't got much test experience. Um, and to me, that's going to be the difference in the series. I said it from day one, two world-class bowling attacks. Which batting team gets the better of it? And South Africa soon will have some soul-searching to do after that test match. Justin, you know how hard it is to open the batting, and David Warner will play his 100th test at the MCG. How much more of a future does he have at test level with his run of outs? Is there a, a long-term future, do you think, for David Warner? When you watch him bat, do you think he's invested in Australia's test future? Oh, look, he'll be invested, but it's it's hard work. I mean, but, but and I've said this publicly, what I've learned over time, he's a champion player. Like He's a game-changer player. He has been for a long time, and he will... Just don't write him off yet. But that said, when he's got it, when you're not in great form and you're up against an attack like South Africa, my gosh, you know you're alive. And then all the noise comes as well. So he'll be getting there'll be there'll be pages and pages and and radio shows and TV shows about David Warner. So he's going to have to shut out that white noise if he can, and just get on with batting. Because if he does that, there's probably more pressure on. There's probably more pressure coming from outside than actually within. He's done it a lot. He's 100 test matches. Never underestimate the importance of experience. But he's going to have to be on his toes because they're going to keep bowling fast and they keep bowling short at him. And the older you get, I can promise you, it becomes less fun than more fun. Um, Hazelwood or Boland? Oh, it's so hard to leave Boland out at the moment, isn't it? Particularly at home. That's well. I think what will happen is that one of the strengths that the selectors have had over the years is they they remain consistent. If someone goes out because of injury, they usually bring them straight back in, mm. and, and that's important. That's important for the players, uh, the individual player, but also for the message that gets sent out to all the players. So I think they'll bring Hazelwood back in, but my gosh, Boland is bowling 
incredibly well, as we're all seeing, and he's, he's become, I know everyone's talking about it, even when he walks out to bat, the crowd goes mad. When he bowls the crowd, when he feels the ball, the crowd loves it, because he's just a great young Aussie bloke who's great, grabbed the opportunity and grabbed the hearts and souls of all Australians. And at the end of the day, that's what the, to me, that's what Test Cricket's about. So much more than just winning and losing. It's about being heroes to, to kids and fans of cricket. So he's done that. It'll be a tough one to leave him out. But, you know, Josh Hazelwood is a world-class bowler. One last one, Justin, on uh, another Aussie bowler who reached a big milestone at the Gabba. Mitch Stark becomes the seventh mm. Australian to reach 300 test wickets. As an Australian cricketing public, have we underestimated or underappreciated Mitch Stark and his deeds? Uh, yeah, he's been much maligned, hasn't he? I know the late, great Warney was always on his case um, critically, but because of what he saw. But see, what the public don't see is behind the scenes. He is as professional. Jason Gillespie was the most professional fast bowler in his younger years I've ever seen. He's like an Olympian and it was no wonder he was great and what I see with Mitchell Stark is equivalent to Jason Gillespie. He leaves no stone unturned for him to have achieved this milestone and people don't see that. You know, in a left arm tour, remember Brendan Julian, BJ uh, Dunny, it can't be that easy for a tall left armer to have the consistency that we all want. We see the talent, mm-hmm. but he, when he produced, or uh, Chris Matthews was a bit the same. You know, he, he, it wasn't always consistent, but when he got it right, they just blow the game open. So, and that's what Mitchell Stark's been able to do. Now he's got more consistent. Uh, when he got dropped before the Ashes, he got more consistent. He's come back and uh, he is a he is an unbelievable fast bowler. I still think he's the best T20 and white ball bowler in the Australian team. But 300 test wickets. And the other, he doesn't smile much on the field, but he's a really nice kid. He's a really, really nice young man. He works hard, loves playing for Australia, and he deserves 300 test wickets. Cricket Australia announced yesterday some of the tributes to Shane Warne at the Boxing Day tests. Jail, have you emotionally prepared yourself for the enormity of that and seeing the uh, the white floppy caps and the zinc cream that Warney wore so much during his career? No, it'd be nice, yeah. And it was the same with... Andrew Simons in Brisbane and Rod Marsh in Adelaide. You know, their fitting tributes, I think, will be set for it because it's been a really tough 12 months or however long it's been. It's, um, you know, it's really hard, but it's it's nice to see. And it goes to show again, doesn't it, what a, an impact Australian cricket can have on people, not just cricket, um, cricket people, but, you know, the community at large. So, yeah, it's going to be a big day, Boxing Day. Warnie loves it. I'll never, ever forget um, when he took that wicket to get Straussy out, um, I can't remember. It's a bit like the Buddy Franklin moment to me. Um, the, just, the players, there was so much emotion in the ground. Uh, it was an amazing feeling. So, yeah, he's obviously sadly missed. His commentary's missed. His uh, presence is missed. And it'll be a nice tribute to him. And it's nice to see his name up on the grandstand. Everybody there for footy or cricket to see his name up on the grandstand at the MCG. Justin, we greatly appreciate your time and, and have done right across the year. A Merry Christmas to you and family. Safe travels to Melbourne for, for Boxing Day and uh, all the best heading into 2023. Thanks, guys. Listeners, Merry Christmas. I have a great time. It's Justin Langer joining you. us. Uh, great of Australian cricket, Australian coach, Australian player. What a great contribution he's made to the great game in this country and now in the commentary box with the Seven Network. Appreciate his insights into everything happening in Australian cricket.